Good morning. Very chilly morning it is. It's about 620, 30 degrees, in lovely midnight Maryland. Pitch black. Well, not that bad, but I love saying that it's really dark because by the time this video is over, it'll be nice and bright. That always amazes me. Because we spend, you know, most of our day with the lighting not really changing. I mean, 3 to 4 p.m., it's nothing. Noon to 1, it's nothing. But I found a half hour, you know, 6.30 to 7, boom. The whole world lights up. And most of us aren't even here for it. I know I spend most of my life not being here for it. This whole morning walk thing is very, very new to me. It's only been like a couple of weeks max. It's so dark out here that the uh, screen readout on the Google Glass is like this bright point of light at the top of my view. I keep trying hard not to look at it. That's how dark it is. So you know that thing where you write out something simple like a hero meets up with a member of his party. And you figure, I'm going to have to do a little bit of character development. But in general, it's just going to be Bob meets Doug. Oh, by the way. I'm bringing along Miss Ripley this morning, who you can't see at all, because, like the Batman, she is the knight. Anyway, you start off with this thing where you're like, all right, I'm going to have the two of them meet each other. We're going to need some description, going to need some basic interaction so that you get the idea of their social dynamic with each other, and go. Next thing you know, you got 2,500 words. One of them is hanging from a parachute that's stuck on a lightning rod, four stories in the air. The other one is gripping the edge of a, of a roof, trying to jump up to save him. And you go like, this was not supposed to be 2,500 words. Jogger. Anyway, yeah, so that's happened to me the last couple of days. It was basically just Hero runs into this crew and it turned into action scene with plenty of alliteration. I don't know why I do that, but I caught myself writing what was it? Uh, he was holding on to 
solar shielded slick slate uh, shingles. So yeah, solar shielded slick slate shingles. Say that five times fast. I wonder, what's the rule on alliteration? Is that something to be avoided? Or, I mean, is that considered gauche? Or is it just uh, another device that one finds in writing and says, hey, that's kind of cool, moves on. I mean, if it's a device, you'd think it was a device used to do something, and I'm not using it to do anything. I'm just... It's like solar-shielded shingles. Anyway. Can't really complain, because you say, well, I wanted to spend about a thousand words with these two meeting up and then get on to the story. Then you look around and you say, I just spent 2,500 words, and I'm in the middle of an action scene now. Hero, by the way, nearly falling to his death, of course. And um, I can't really complain, because on the one hand, it's more words. More words is good. And on the other hand, action scenes are fun. Not just for the writer, I mean... Readers like watching it, too. So, anyway. That's how my morning's been. Allie got us started on this thing called Habit RPG. Which is really, really simple. The idea behind it is it's a ridiculously simple web page. You set up a bunch of things that you want to do habits that you want to either encourage or discourage, um, things that you want to get done daily, weekly, whatever. And um, after you write them all out, you uh, give points for each of them. Ducks. Hello, ducks. Yeah, I'm one of those freaks who quacks when they see ducks. O-S-A-R. Alright, so, um, yeah. So, I expected to write a really simple little bit. Ended up with an action scene. So that's cool. And, uh, it's really kind of interesting because I was planning on introducing a uh, pseudo-love triangle between these three characters. And now, I think that's going to bring it into sharp relief. I think it's going to be pretty obvious when one of them is shouting, now save him or save her. Action scene will bring that out a lot better. Morning. So that's cool.
Miss Ripley wants to go say hello to everybody. Because she's a very friendly dog. So, I found myself wondering exactly how far away I am from the nearest grocery store. So, hope you don't mind me taking you along with me. The answer is 0.7 miles. So we're going to have to walk a little bit further than that. We're going to have to walk to the nearest, I don't know, gas station, roundabout, then head back, I suppose. So, anyway, Allie set us up with this Habit RPG, which is basically one of those life hacker kind of things. You set up these goals, and each time you knock a goal down, you gain XP, a little bit of uh, reward. I mean, like, gold in addition to the XP. XP just means I did this, bragging rights. Gold can be turned in for digital fake things, like I bought a sword, or a shield, or a helmet. Allie, being the competitive soul that she is, has put in damn near everything that she does during the day so that she can say, I gained XP for brushing my teeth. Which is kind of cool. It'll work. It also means that she's basically winning so far. I'm like this level one cleric hobbit. And she's got a trained wolf and all these other bits. But the cool thing about it was, because I didn't set up, you know, damn near everything, I felt more of a need to get stuff done. I was fighting to uh, get like, all right, do the dishes, do the dishes, do the laundry, got the laundry, edit the audio, got the audio edited, and basically got more work done than I ever have. I also finally finished the game Dishonored, and yeah, I'm pretty disappointed in the developers on that one. Sort of like somebody heard Yoda saying, the dark side of the force is easier, quicker, but not stronger. And so they decided they were going to make it easier and quicker to do what they consider immoral things. Now, knocking a guard out and then dropping him into the river is considered more moral than killing them. 
Not entirely sure I understand how that works. I played most of the game and got what they called low chaos, which is to say that I knocked people out instead of killing them. And that's cool. But then, I realized something. The way they set this game up, you've got... Uh, uh, you have two hands. I know, right? Two hands? What are you, crazy? Um, you have two hands, and in your left hand, you can choose all manner of different types of weapons. It can be a gun, it can be a crossbow, sleep darts, exploding darts, all sorts of stuff. In your other hand, you have a sword. Always and only a sword. The sword has no purpose except to kill. None. So, if you decide that you want to be a real nice guy and never kill anybody, then basically your right hand is useless for the entire game. The entire game. You would never use it. And that's what they call being honorable. I disagree with that evaluation. I don't consider that honorable to say that uh, we're going to give you tools and we're going to judge you based on how you use them. There are no tools that make it easier to knock someone out. There are no spells or hidden things that make you any more invisible, that makes you generate sleep darts. Sleep darts, of course, are the most rare things in the entire game because they allow you to do low chaos at a distance. So basically, these guys have given you all kinds of crazy things to help the high chaos side, to help, help the violent side. And when I say they give you things, they will give you the ability for your enemies' bodies to turn to ash so that no one else will raise the alarm. And they don't just do it once. They say like, if you sneak up on someone and kill them, their body turns to ash. Level two is, it doesn't matter whether you sneak up on them at all, anybody you kill turns to ash. They make it pretty clear. Your goal is to kill people. Adrenaline, bloodlust. They have a spell called bloodlust. Levels one and two. So they build this entire game up to make it so that, really, you're supposed to be killing people. And then if you do, if you dare to kill someone, you get high chaos. Well, not just one someone, a bunch of someones. But yeah, high chaos. Ripley, sit. Stay. Stay. Good girl. Good puppy. No, sit.
day. I'm going to take a picture here. Ripley, good girl. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so, okay. Who cares, right? Who cares about the chaos? If they make it so that your right hand is always killing and has no other purpose, if they make it so that your left hand has uh, basically half of the things that it can do, will kill a man. If they do that, and then, then they say, all right, you are an agent of chaos. You are making bad things happen. What's so bad about that? That's the way they built the game, right? So they say you can choose one way or the other. Make it pretty clear that you've got a hard way to go if you decide not to be a killer. And then, at the end of the game, they are judgmental as hell. The guy who takes you everywhere, the one who's supposed to uh, take you by boat to your next mission, he basically says, I gotta admit, I'm real disappointed in you, Corvo. And you're like, what, dude? I'm saving your princess. I am keeping the world safe for democracy or whatever. I'm basically fighting for you. And you find out he's mad because even though no one has found a single body, morning, Akita, um, He's mad because even though nobody has found a single body, they all know that the chaos is getting greater. Even though you've been really, really careful to never raise an alarm, never to bother anybody, except, of course, the person you're killing. They're freaking out. So, that leaves us with this guy judging you and uh, calling you names. And that's all well and good. All right, so he doesn't like me. But you get to the end of the game, and they say that you've created a world of dismay and discord. That you have created a chaotic world of death and destruction. Basically, they set you up to fail. So, anyway. Zenimax. Let me tell you how this game works. Everybody, everybody tries to play at low chaos. Around two to three levels from the end, you suddenly start deciding that what they're doing isn't low chaos anymore. It's seriously high chaos. And so you give them the bad grade. Doesn't matter whether they save the Empress or not, you make it all their fault that everybody's evil and everybody hates you. And then, right after that, they say, all right, screw this. They open up YouTube and they Google search, dishonored, good ending. Get it? That's what they do, because you've stacked the deck against them. If you had the, the game phoning home, you would have one in a thousand 
who actually played all the way to the end as the good guy. Not because they didn't want to, but because on the easiest possible level, you have stacked the deck against them. Alright, so, anyway. I think it was a bad choice. I've seen games that do light side, dark side kind of stuff. KOTOR is a good example. Knights of the Old Republic. They let you decide whether you're going to be good or evil. And they hold you to it. And they make that the deciding factor. You know, I mean, they, they let you pick. And there are powers that the Jedi get that the Sith don't. There are powers that the Sith get. The Jedi don't. And yeah, one of them's going to be more about healing, while the other one's more about destruction. That makes sense. But they are at least looking for a balance. In Dishonored, they're not looking for a balance. They're just looking to make you look bad. They want you to be embarrassed. So yeah, I'm a little upset about that. Sorry to have used up, like, ten minutes of our time just talking about that game. All that said, probably am going to keep it. Probably am going to play it again at some point. Get back to it. Right now, though, going back to Borderlands 2. Because that game is the crunk! Seriously, I've been playing that game for about a year and a half, two years, and I'm still playing it. So yeah, I'm a fan. I got to the point where I can spot Ashley Birch on sight. I mean, and I only know her as the voice of Tiny Tina. It's kind of sad. Of course, I probably just mispronounced her name because I've only seen it written. <laughs> uh, living so close to Baltimore, you can get a lot of people to do that. Love to pump their bass. When I was in college, we put together a system with a microphone and a uh, speaker and an RS-232 connection to computer that would record what it was getting in and then play a uh, destructive frequency. You had to give it how far away it was, and it had to have a lot of power, but you could actually damage a car. I mean, you could damage the speakers in the car just by playing it that way. And that was kind of funny. Never used it, of course, but would have been fun. This poor guy's got his car plugged in every day. I gotta wonder whether it just the car doesn't work or if he's got some serious mechanical stuff in there. 
Alright. How we doing, Thelma? One point five miles, so not ready to turn around yet. Anyway, let's see what else is going on. Uh, we got our RPG game. Sorry, that's like saying ATM machine. We've got our RP game. We've got the writing, which is coming along. The secret writing. I love the idea that by the time I'm done promoting Nvidia Rex, get a paper back out. I'm also going to have the first few episodes of the uh, next. Still need a good title. I like the Cut Purse King, but I think I can do better. Anyway, yeah. Nathan and I were talking about the length of books recently. Theory being that people are becoming more forgiving to the idea of shorter novels. God knows, my first book, Tumblr, that was like 60K, if that. A novella, well, not a novella, but you think of novella, you think like 25, 30K. But a lot of people wouldn't call it a novel either. So, yeah, but all the same, it's 60K and people seem to like it. people who like it seem to like it. The people who don't, curiously, don't. Um, yeah, but Tumblr was really popular, and and of course I don't think it's because of its length. I think it's because it's a fun story. It's not a new story something that I keep coming to terms with because you know you say something like oh man kidnap princess it's so cliche and at the same time it works you know people enjoy reading the stories even if they're not totally new every single time some people try to monk pull I'm going to call that. I don't know if it actually is. We should be at about 1.75 by now. Um, I'm not saying there's nothing good about coming up with something new. Of course, I'd like to write new stuff all the time. But I'm just saying that it needn't be our only driving force. Needn't be the, if you're not coming up with something new, don't even bother writing. 
I mean, hell, look at what happened with pulp, uh, pulp novels in the 40s. People bought those by the truckload. Not even the 40s, I mean, before that. The Penny Dreadfuls. People bought those like crazy. And those definitely were not all original ideas. You find an original way to kill the victim. Find an original way to uh, track down the uh, murderer. And that's about as original as they got. Everything else was fairly standard. Marlowe finds the bad guy, gets beat up a lot, tracks him down using his inevitable skill, and then bests the bad guy and brings him to justice or kills him. The femme fatale. We wouldn't have the cliches if people didn't write book after book of these things. And so, I'm not saying we shouldn't try to have new things. I'm saying it should be one of those, hey, you know what would be cool? Let's put that in the book. And it shouldn't be one of those, you need at least five items of original flair. See what I did there? Little office space reference. Anyway. I begin to wonder if I'm just making excuses for myself for lazy writing. Well, of course the writer says you don't have to come up with original things. Then when the writer puts out unoriginal things, you can say, oh, well, I told you it was okay. I don't know. I honestly don't. Am I just making excuses for myself? I don't think I am. I hope not. But I admit that it could be. We're at 30 minutes and the uh, battery indicator is telling me that Google Glass could give out on us any minute. If I remember right, it runs about 38 minutes, 38 to 40 from a full charge, which I think it was fully charged when I left this morning. So I'll make my standard apologies if it gives out on us. Sorry about that. If it doesn't, yay. I've come across a clever new idea recently. Nothing to do with writing. I've just noticed that if I leave work at 5.30, I get home at six. If I leave work, at five, I get home at six. Such is the nature of rush hour traffic. If I leave work at 4.30, aha, being clever, I get home at 5.30. Which is to say, leaving an hour, I mean half hour early, gets me 
no better in rush hour traffic. And I'm not a fan of rush hour traffic anyway. So, luckily, I work one of those jobs where as long as you put in a certain number of hours, they don't care where those hours come from. So, I figure I'm going to uh, move it up to six, which means that I get to stay home in the morning a little bit later. You know, as long as I put in my eight hours, it means I can get to work a little bit later than before. I used to be of the get to work early, and then if you work long hours, you get paid extra. Yay! Uh, but man, that was wearing me down. I do about nine hours of work every day. And, you know, I managed to accrue a little bit extra every day. Not so bad. But you get up in the morning and you say, I've got to get to work fast. So I can just get to work fast because it's a noble end in itself. And you ask, why do you have to get to work fast? You say, oh, well, I've got to, uh, well, I get more. I get more time off later. I get more, I get paid for those hours. I, I get more. And uh, I think I'm gonna start planning it so that I work only a little bit more than I absolutely need to. Well, Robo Woman tells me that I'm walking at about 18 minutes per mile, which isn't great, but it could be worse. And that we've been walking for nearly 40 minutes. Anyway. So, I'm kind of liking this idea. I'm going to go to work late. Not actually late, just sort of feeling like it's late. It means I get to stay home until my little girl is already at school. It's a good time to leave. Get the most time with the family. No bad thing. Anyway, coming up on the house now, so I will bid you all a fond farewell. I hope you have a lovely day and hope we get to talk tomorrow.